Awesome. So we're in our values, and as a family, we have certain things that we say, we live by these. We live by these. These direct who we are, not only who we want to be, but this directs who we are. And this is a, these are values that we live by. These are values that, that guide us on this journey as we say, hey, how are we going to get to this destiny that God has for us as a church? How is it that we function on the, on the way? And our values is what determine about how we function on the way. And of all of our values, none could be clearer than the value of today, right? They're all pretty clear, but none are clearer. None are clearer from the mouth of Jesus as far as what it looks like to follow him, to love him, to love God. Nothing could be clearer in this value of anything of, of, of the world, if they know of Jesus and the people who are supposed to follow him, this value, this value goes hand in hand. And it's a value that you guys live by. It's a value that you know. You affirm it. And you desire to live by it. And you act it out. And with that, it's, it's so fun to be able to talk about a value that is so present. But yet, it's one that says, oh, there's prayers that Paul continued to pray for the church, and it's like, oh, may we, may we grow in love and good deeds. And so this value today is saying, oh, God, could we grow? I, I'm listening to this guy talk about the world, and he says, uh, and he was talking with someone who had about two months to live, and he was meeting with him, and he was a young man. And when he met with him, it was about dreaming. He says, well, all right, well, who would you like to become in the next two months? How would you like to live for the next two months? None of us know how much more we have to live, but I tell you what, of my life, of what I want to live, I want my life to be marked by this value. I want to become one who continues to move in this value of putting my love into action. And so, would you stand with me? And let's read this value out loud. And so the words are up here. This is the value. It's called love in action. It's very clear. So let's read it out together. Love in action. God loves people and so we love people. We show God's love in the world through action born of compassion. Without judgment, we seek to embody the love of Jesus Christ through tangible acts of kindness care, and service to others. There, now, um, next week, we're going to go through all of our values and this sort of covenant that says, oh, we want to live by this. We want to live by this. And the covenant part of this is the next slide. It's the part of our covenant. It's our response. And next week, we'll read this, but let's just read it today in preparation for that. This is what the covenant looks like. It's like saying, oh, let's, we're going to lock arms towards this kind of living. Response. We covenant to demonstrate God's love in the world through action born of compassion, seeking without judgment to embody the love of Jesus through tangible acts of kindness, care, and service. There it is. You can be seated. So our response to this value is this. Our response is to covenant to demonstrate God's love through action. Love in action. To demonstrate God's love in action. And so I got just a couple of questions for this about love. So here's the first one. 
What does love smell like? What do you think? What does love smell like? Not your dad's armpit, probably, right, Sam? What does love smell like? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, a place of love, a place of peace. So if you said if love had a scent to it, what would it be? Now, for me, maybe bacon, right? I'm not joking, right? You step into a place where somebody's gonna, maybe making breakfast for you, right? You're coming over to eat with them, and you can smell the bacon cooking and that, right? It smells like love. Maybe not to you. What is love, anyone else? What is love, if there was a scent? What's that? Fresh baked bread. Bev. A full bloom rose. A baby's head. A baby's head. Oh, man. Yes. What was that for Mark? Smoked meat? Absolutely. Sam, what does love smell like? Ice cream? Absolutely, right? Like there's, there's certain things, right, that tangible things that we said, oh, it smells like this. And, and usually it's connected to something good, right, that has been created by God or someone else. Um, what does love, what does it look like? Or how about this? No, no, no that's later. What does it sound like? Oh, man, when a baby laughs, those big belly laughs, right? And you can make them laugh. You'll give them anything, right? What, what does love sound like? Comedy. Comedy. Comedy? Come and eat. Come, come and eat. Come and eat? An invitation? Yeah. Love could sound like even when, uh, maybe it could even just be a, 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 just somebody with a kind word, right? With a soft voice that's like, I like you, right? I delight in you. I don't know, anybody else have anything what love could sound like? A choir, gospel music. Yeah, beautiful music, right? An orchestra playing something. It, when it's performed in that way, it, it, has anybody been moved by music before? Uh, Ed, did you have another one? Yes. Sometimes that our connection time, right? We're all talking and hanging out, and we know that's really painful for some people. We acknowledge that, right? It is so painful. Right, uh, especially if you're introverted, or if you just if, if it isn't hard enough coming and being among people, right? But yet to hear the murmurs of conversation, of people asking questions and learning people's names, knowing each other—it sounds like love. What does love feel like? Yeah, an embrace, right? For my son's four, I think for him, it's when we've, we wrestle, right? It's, a, it's aggressive, right? It's ninja kicks to the back and <laughs> chokeholds to the throat, and, right? That, that kind of light, right? Um, 
the joy maybe even of the, the feeling of being able to touch the love of being out in creation and a good handhold as you're rock climbing, right? I don't know, you know? Anybody else? Just, what does love feel like? Yeah. An embrace of kindness. So, so love has some tangible things to it. And my last one was like, what does it look like? And it's so interesting that God um, has all these things, what he's trying to demonstrate for us, what, what love looks like. And all of these things that we have mentioned, especially the, things, the smells and the feels and the textures and the sounds, are all created by God. But in the end, what it looks like, the overwhelming, the overarching story of what God's love looks like, if we were, if we were to enca- encapsulate it into an action, into one moment, well, the Bible tells us stories that says, man, there's, there's, love is being birthed everywhere in every moment, but if there was a moment to encapsulate God's love, to continue to remind us as we're engaged in a world that is at times at war with this story and our own stories. God says, oh, it's encapsulated, love's encapsulated in this gift of God through Jesus Christ, right? It's what love looks like, it looks like Jesus. And not only in that, so this is what Romans 5 says. It says, you see, just at the right time, here's some context, at the right time, when we were still powerless, when we were helpless, when we were, when we were in trouble, when we were abandoned, when we were orphaned, when we, were, when we had nothing, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Broken, missing the mark, Christ died for us. And this is all talking about his death that was to cover over our sins, which was to make us right with God, which was to silence all the accusations of our life for everything that says you don't measure up, you're not doing good enough, you haven't done enough good, you've done too much bad, you're not kind enough, right? Whatever the accusation is, it's silenced. Silence in this demonstration of God's love that said, not when you were good, not when you were righteous, but when you were helpless. When you couldn't get it right, Christ died for you. That's the demonstration of his love. Right? That we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it. It was God's love, it was his kindness, it was his mercy, it was his grace that moved God towards us in our need because God is good and he loves us. First John goes back into this text. Every time I look at this value, I look at these scriptures. It says, um, and I always love these headings. It says, this is how we know what love is. This is how we know what love is. Because we have to be taught, right? We, we have to be taught what is loving and to be able to hear you guys even saying, oh, here's what it looks like, here's what it feels like, here's what it smells like. We have to be taught and Here's John saying, well, here's how we know what love is. Christ Jesus laid down his life for us. He gave his life, the things of life. And so he gave all the things of life, his life for us. So we ought to lay down our lives, the things of life, for our brothers and sisters. 
And so in verse 17, here's what it says. This, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so, what does love look like? Christ Jesus laying his life down for us, and in 1 John it says, well, what could love look like for us? And it says, oh, material possessions, plus seeing someone in need, plus action towards them, equals a visible expression of God's love. That is what love in action, and you guys live this. I mean, just towards me and my family, and I know that you live this out among each other. I could point to a majority of you who have loved me with tangible acts of kindness and compassion and service and love and food and money and time and gifts, right? And you do this with each other, and you do that for your family, and you do it for your neighbors, and you do it in your community, and you do it with your coworkers, and you do it for strangers. And I commend you. I think about my own life. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, some people loving me, and it was Jesse, uh, Susan Nevelt, and Je- she, she made me cookies, right? And just a note, trying to encourage Carmel and I in this, in this hard season of her health continuing to be just not good. And it was just saying, we care about you for you, thinking of you, mindful of you, tangible, and and Amanda can, you know, just always stepping in and caring and either loving on harvest or bringing us food, and Tony and Renee taking harvest for a day, and uh, Pat and Adriel handing us gifts at different times and times of need, and Brian Harris right in here uh, had a the same guy who cuts his grass, he was just like, gave him my address and said, hey, you have another customer for another summer. And he covered it all summer long. As knew that my load was increased, he had my grass cut for the whole summer. Right? I didn't have to mess with it. Unreal. Norm stepping in to love us with free applewood for smoking trees and things and talking about coming by and going to dangerously cut down trees in my yard over power lines. Right? But love in action. Right? Thinking about my friends who, Tony and Jim and Mike, who gave me barbell clips. And just this last week when I was having to sand our, doing something to fix something in the bathroom, Nate popped by in just a moment to do so. And the Gilcrest, and think about the roast beef soup that you have, you know, the pork soup that you have. Right, on and on and on. This this is mine. You can just think about the people who who have loved you and what love in action looks like. Even our own family continuing, our, my mom and dad, Carmel's parents, and they're, they're sadly going to be transitioning, you know, to live with Carmel's sister in Grand Rapids in the next few months. We don't even, or probably by the turn of the year, and we don't like talking about it. We don't like acknowledging it. We don't want them to go, but it's the reality, right? It's, it's for their good. And, um, but they've been getting rid of things in their home, right? Because the downsizing. And so... Carmel's been selling things in their home, but they're like, well, you can keep all the money, right? So it's a very interesting sort of thing where they're like, oh, hey, sell these items and you can keep everything, you know? It's their, their love for us, right, in action. That's what it looks like. It's beautiful. It's needed. You know, Matt and Ashley Reynolds, not even just towards us, that this whole summer they would have hot dogs on Wednesday night for their neighbors and invite people to their table, 
What? Love in action, right? Wanting to love people with hot dogs. It's awesome. If you know Matt Reynolds um, and you see him the next time you see him, you have to have him sing this, it's the hot dog song. It's really called the wiener song. There's this whole song that goes with it that he has memorized um, about being a wiener man and a wiener family and eating hot dogs all the time. It's amazing. I've tried to learn it every time he's sung it, but I'm terrible at memorizing words. But this is beautiful. And you're a community who lives into this. I mean, Jenny, your whole story was about this, right? Love and action towards the community and community cafe. I love it. So, if I was going to encourage you, and we got the kids here, we got everybody in here, I think we all get this value. Let's love people. Well, let, let me read one more just super cool text um, that Jesus tells this story. And let's encourage us to love. And it's so interesting, this story in the gospel, such the four books that talk about Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this story is in all of them. That's unique, right? Where every one of the writers who want to write about the life of Jesus, this story is there. That's just fun, right? To know that as the Spirit illuminated a story on all of these writers, and as their memories of things were passed down, this is one that was told and told and told and told again and written down. But it's really interesting this story has one detail that none of the others does. When I, I, I know this story, right? And so even when I was looking at the story and I was thinking through the scriptures, the spirit of God, right, as we have these things buried in us, pulls stuff to the surface. And I recalled a very specific detail of Jesus um, coming upon a big crowd of people like the community cafe where people are really hungry and he's been with them for a long period of time teaching them and healing people and sharing his love and all of a sudden Jesus wants to feed them. He wants to feed them. And all the gospels tell this story and yet do we know that he says, yeah, let, let's feed them, right? Or other times to the disciples, oh, you feed them. And like, oh my gosh, we don't have enough money. There's not enough people. There's not enough help. How in the world are we going to feed this huge 5,000 person crowd? Um, but you know what's interesting about John? John is the only one who mentions who gives the five loaves and two fish. Do you know that? Some don't even mention that there's something to be given, but John is the only one who mentions who gives it. And do you know who gives it? Is the scripture already up there? Don't give it away. Who gives the five fish, or the five loaves and two fish? Peter? Peter? Oh. <laughs> nope. Sam, who gives it? A boy. A boy. A young boy. Isn't that interesting? Of all the accounts, John's like, wait, this detail is needed. When they go searching through the crowd, who is it that gives it? A little boy. Um, so we kind of assume this. A boy is anyone under the age of 12, right? So he's young. A little boy has this, and he gives it. Here's what it says, and I love this verse in 6.8. Of John. It says, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? 
Right? Isn't that what we kind of think with whatever we have? And this is what I want to encourage us today. Not, not, not with, with such little that we have. We might have little. Normal people. With, and if we look at the world, we could say, how is so little going to make an impact in so much need? Can, can the little that I have do anything? Anyone ever think that? Do you ever think and you look at yourself that says, ah, I don't have anything to give? My resources are strapped. Um, I'm 18 years old. I'm 10 years old. Don't have the job, looking for a job, unemployed, retired. And yet this is, seems to be always the response. You feel like you got so little, but this boy who had little was willing to give it. He gave it. He gave it for the needs of Jesus. And what happens? Jesus takes what's given the loaves. He gives thanks to God as he does. And he distributes to those who are seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, that nothing be wasted. So they gathered it up in 12 baskets with pieces of five barley loaves were left over by those who had eaten. Here's one who gives, well, some would say so little for the need, but yet in the hands of God, it's rippled out. Moved into the hands of God, it was used to feed the whole. But yet it was the one who had their little was willing to give it. And so when it comes to love and action, let us not undermine the little that we have to give. As we give it to God, we allow him to multiply it for whatever he would do. But one of the most awesome things about life right now is that today, today, we could give our little somewhere to someone in some context, to some need, to some moment, even a little. To the person at Trader Joe's, so I'm walking through Trader Joe's yesterday and here's a young family. They have a young girl blocking the aisle with her cart and she's helping their mom and dad grocery shop and then in a buggy is a set of twins, right? My word, right? We could give our little to that little family who's in need. Right? Every day is this opportunity to participate in this grand work of God in this world of extending our little to his, his awesome design of showing his love to the world. That's what this value is about. I want to encourage you to do so. So ushers, I got one more thing. So we're going to close with this. Can I have the ushers pass these out? So my dad gave me this idea, and I think this is awesome. Now, there's some of you whose brains are distorted in here, and that's the majority of you, except for the kids. And I want to encourage you how to use this. This is a love and action coupon. And here's how this love and action coupon is to be used. Now, it's not, it's not, it's not for you. It's for you to give to someone else. I'm giving one to everyone in this room. You can take this coupon. We're going to pass it out to everybody. It's a coupon. 
for you to give away. And on it, which you have this opportunity, it says, love and action coupon. Good for one, free, and then a space. And you can write what it's good for. What could this coupon be good for? It could be good for a free back rub. It could be good for a free car wash. It could be good for a free, I'll make your bed the next morning, or I'll make you breakfast in bed the next morning, or I'll take out the trash, or I will give you a hug, or I will make you dinner, or I will bring you dinner, or I will, right? I will, um, what could it be? It's endless, but it's meant to be love. It could be for a coworker. It could be for a neighbor. It could be for a spouse. It could be for a stranger. It could be for a homeless person. It could be for your best friend. It could be for your teacher at school. It could be for the person who sits next to you at school. It could be for the kid who sits next to you on the bus. It could be for your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your yoga teacher. Right? Do I need to go on? I'm trying to stretch it. It could be for your dog walker. It could, now don't give it to your dog. It needs to be for a human. This is a coupon that says, love in action coupon. Good for one free, and you get to fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be grand. It's what you have. It's what you have. What could you share? What do you have to give that would be an expression of your care, your kindness, your love for some other person? And I guarantee, like, this is just something fun that reminds us of this activity. So you can write to, who's it for? You can write from, you write your name. Now, put an expiration date. I think the expiration date should be by next week. Let's do this within this week, right? By October the 6th, who do you want to do? Who do you want to, what would you want to do? Let's take a moment and just think. Who do you want to give your coupon to? What would you want to do for them? Does anybody already know? I think that if you could write down a person's name, you'll be much more likely to use it. So I want you to think of someone. And so God, I want you to bring to mind someone in, in the minds of the people here whom you want them to love, to be mindful of. Would you fill their mind with a face, with a name, with an image, with a time, with a place? Bring it to their mind, God, in this space. This is just a tangible way to live out this value and to do it as a family and say, you know what, this is just what we do. Do you need a coupon to do it? Most of you do this every day without coupons. This is just fun. Our hope is that we would look to be able to use what God has given us each day and put our love into action. And I'll encourage you within the next week, would you do this? It could be silly. It could be fun. 
It could be extravagant. It could be wild. I kind of lean more towards the wild. Whatever you want to whomever you want, let's allow this love to reverberate into the world. Born out of compassion, demonstrated by Jesus Christ for others. Liz, last week I was told, was done at 11.08. I was, I was angry about that. Get another 12 minutes of time. So today we're going to sit in silence until the time's up. You're going to start counting your sins and write them down. <laughs> this is so clear and so good and so simple. May you go and do. And I'm proud to say I beat Liz's time this week and we're done. But what I loved, Dennis's word for us, Dennis, that, that scripture from 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 3, verse 5, would you, would you pray us out with that scripture? Because I think that's, that's fitting, right? This is, this is the prayer for us. This is, the, this, is the, this is how we will close, right? This will be our blessing, right? Because I think that word, that scripture, let it just breathe over us this truth of this value that we could go and do. May this be etched upon us as we leave here today, um, living out the value of Jesus, knowing that we are in his family. Why? Because he loves us. We're in his family. And if you could feel that acceptance and that delight, then allow that to pour you out into the streets with your love. And so, Dennis, would you pray for us with that scripture? Father, you have told us in the Psalms that there's a place in you where we can constantly be aware of your unfailing love. And you tell us in the Psalms that through each day, you pour your unfailing love upon us. I pray, Father, that the precious Holy Spirit would take all of us to a place in our hearts where we would constantly be aware of how precious and valuable all of us are to you, all of us, that you would lead our hearts into your love and that your love for us would become flesh, that it would be everything to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs>